but it was the feeling of having no voice that really, really stuck with me. The ability, and then just a moment where I, I could not ask the doctor any more questions because I had to preserve all of the breathing to make sure that I could continue just, I guess, living in essence. I couldn't breathe out of my nose. Everything was closed up because the reaction had taken out parts of my nervous system. And so I was just going, just continuing to try to get any breath that I had. And that was the focal thing was that I wasn't able to communicate my thoughts, my emotions, nothing was communicated. Conversations are the key to unifying the world. So let's hear from the conversationalists and changemakers who are breaking echo chambers and using their voices for good. I'm your host, Sophie Barron, and this is the Conversationalist Podcast. everyone. Welcome back. Thank you so much for being here and for being a part of our journey to unify the world. This episode is an amazing one. And before we dive in, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button so you can get notified whenever we have an episode. I started The Conversationalist so every single person's voice can be heard. And here on our podcast, I chat with Gen Z activists, entrepreneurs, and game changers from the TC community, as well as experts and thought leaders who are at the forefront of social change. I'm here to help break open your echo chamber so you can unify your world. I'm so excited about the community we're building together. So come join us on the Geneva app by texting UNIFY to 877-222-1119 or simply visit our website, theconversationalist.com. Once you join, you'll be able to find new friends, new opportunities, and 24-7 conversation surrounding anything and everything under the sun that matters to you. Let's dive into today's episode. This guest is a podcast host himself, a Conversationa List 2020 honoree for healthcare, and a member of our Gen Z advisory board. And I have to mention that he always comes to the table with the best ideas. He is on a mission to become a unicorn person with a vision of impacting 1 billion people. Zane Patel is a 17-year-old PBS enthusiast who is working on multiple ventures, including Studio Tech, Scholar VR, and Uconnect, among many other exciting projects. This was one of my favorite conversations to date, so do not miss out on all the action. Zane gives the best advice for channeling gratitude in all areas of your life and why difficult conversations are so important to have. So without further ado, let's get the conversation started with the amazing Zane Patel. Zane, welcome to the Conversationalist podcast. I am so honored that you're here. I've just got to say, one of my favorite conversations of all time was on your show, The Foundations Podcast. So thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to chat. I am extremely, extremely excited. I cannot tell you how many times I've just had dreams of showing up at the Conversations headquarters and just meeting everybody, seeing the core team, having a party with the advisory boards. It's a post-COVID dream that, that will come true soon. Oh my gosh, same here. That's definitely on my bucket list for at least the next year. I can't wait to meet you in person. But without further ado, let's kick off our conversation today in proper TC style by breaking the ice. 
So I'm going to start by asking you some rapid fire questions. Let's get started. Number one, Zane, what is your most controversial take? I think my most controversial take is that school is not for everyone. And it's really about putting yourself in the best environment to succeed. I think that's the one. We could have a whole separate conversation on that. So I'm going to avoid <laughs> responding, but love it. Number two, if you could change one thing about the world, what would it be and why? I would change the way we approach problems. I, I think a lot of what we do right now is extremely systematic and it's like, okay, this has worked in X place. So it's going to work here as well. But problems are extremely variable and we need to take different approaches based on where it is, what the locations are. Social and cultural norms are a big thing, right? If you're going to approach a problem in the developed world as opposed to developing, very, very different things. So I think how we approach problems is definitely one thing I would change. Yes. Love to hear it. Next question. What makes you, you? I think it's just, I've gotten a lot of comments about my energy. I think it's just being so extremely passionate and loving what I do that makes everything fun. Yesterday, I was on a call with some people that I'm working with on a current project and we were there for six hours. And usually I would be just so, my mental stamina was never able to keep up for six hours, but there was dancing, there was jumping jacks when we were doing breaks, we were having fun, solving problems. And it was like, this is what I was meant to do. And I think that's what makes me me is just having so much passion for everything that I do and just continuing to relish in the joy that is life. I, I, was, I was outside yesterday playing basketball. My dad looked at me and he goes, Zane, why are you just walking around the house. And I'm going, dad, we live on five acres of land. Have you seen how many trees we have here? The beautiful sunset. I was going, this is exactly what life is about. So I think it's just, yeah, that, that passion and energy. Well, I, for one, can attest to that is what makes you, you. Um, so I love hearing you share that that passion and that zest for life is a big part of who you are. Next up, what is something that's on your bucket list? Oh my goodness. I would say really, really want to travel to the Maldives. That was an area that my family and I, we bucketed back in, I think, June of 2020 when we were looking at different places to travel. And family trips are always extremely fun. Same here. I feel like that's like a perfect honeymoon destination. So send pictures. And lastly, you know, first and foremost here at TC, we're all about breaking open echo chambers. So I've got to know, Zane, describe your echo chamber. Yeah, yeah. I think this one's pretty pretty unconventional, but I think social proof is really my huge echo chamber. And when I was scrolling through, it was just filled with people posting pictures about their life and everything was really predicated on the amount of likes that you have, the amount of comments. And it was something that I used to do regularly. When I was a, a regular user on social media, that was two to three hours of consumption. I would scroll through and I would press on the comment sections or I would like pictures or I would have this just internal driver where I wanted to post pictures just to gain validation extremely quickly and have an instant gratification. And it was incredible what happened when I had the chance to just set it all free and just say, okay, I'm not doing social media anymore because I don't want to live the life of the instant gratification because the only metric that people are worried about is followers and likes. And it was all very just, I think, superficial. And so that was my echo chamber just because I got so closed in the loop. And I remember being so, so hyper-focused on meeting those requirements to be part of a certain group in school or socialize with specific people. And it was, why am I living this life that's not me, that's not authentic to who I am? And I said, okay, I'm done with it. I think after I shut off social media, my state of being changed. My 
my goals altered. I started realizing what my true values were. And I'm, I'm back on it now in a very intermittent way, right? The clubhouse doing specific things there and some on Instagram, but definitely not as, as immersed as I was before. Proud of you. That is way easier said than done. I don't think I've spent more than my sleeping hours off of social media over the past year or so. It's amazing to hear that that's kind of what it took to uncover your echo chamber. Zane, you're awesome. I would love to dive more into your backstory and all the amazing things that have made you who you are today. So let's talk. I remember when I was reading your list application, a part of what sparked your interest in this healthcare category was actually a difficult experience that happened to you, right? I I remember reading that you were hospitalized from anaphylactic shock. Can you tell us a little bit more about that experience and maybe what it taught you about who you are today? Yeah, yeah. I think this was probably the most notable thing that had ever happened in my life. And and so we were on a family trip in Monterey Bay, just gotten done with the beach and we were heading over to Safeway just to pick up groceries because we're not too much of the restaurant people. And I remember asking my dad the morning of that day, I was like, hey, can I pick up this granola bar? And he said, no, 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 no. Let's buy this piece of fruit or, or X thing instead. And then we, we went back in the evening and I said, oh, let's pick up a snack for the following day. Then I found the same granola bar from the morning. I said, okay, can I check out with this? And he's like, okay, sure. And I started eating it on the way home just because I was hungry. It was a long day. Didn't have much to, to eat after lunch. And I noticed something different. It, it felt like my mouth was starting to close up and I was so embarrassed to admit it that my sister knew she she had this intuition for just knowing what exactly was happening and she goes Zane are you okay is something wrong and for me it was like I, I have to stay brave we're on a family trip we're in California we're going to universities tomorrow it's like I, I don't want to be the one that ruins what's happening and as we continue driving I noticed that things started to get worse and I didn't have any Benadryl I had no EpiPen on me everything was at the hotel and we were about 10 to 15 minutes out of that hotel and I'm just sitting in the car and I'm just just trying to see what I can do. And I know water is one of the things that releases histamines, which allow the reaction to slow down a bit more. And so I started just gulping down water. I was like, okay, anything to make this situation a bit better. And we got outside of the car and my dad looks at me and he goes, is everything okay? I said, I need Benadryl and I don't have it right now. And we went up to the hotel room. There were a couple capsules there went into the hotel lobby shop and we bought some more there. And I went to the hotel room and it was just, I I had no idea what to do. I started, you know, vomiting obviously, because that's what happens after your body doesn't like the food. And I looked at my parents and I said, okay, something isn't right. This isn't like other reactions. We need to go and get some care. And we all got in the car and we we're like, okay, where's the nearest emergency room? And we started going. And I remember my mom, I mean, obviously within the speed limit, but but she was like the NASCAR driver, right? She was going as fast as she could because this was her child that needed to get into the emergency room in order to be okay. My dad was sitting to the left of me and he just kept on patting me on the back. He had cups of water that he was just giving me to make sure that I could just stay, you know, mentally sane and, and emotionally sane as well. And I was crying half of the drive there because I was so, so worried about what the potential consequences of eating this bar could be. 
And we got to the hospital and I started looking around and I ran in and I'd had barely any voice at that point. And my mom was like, we need to get into an, an emergency room right now. And they still took me through the weighing scale and the temperature check and everything else. And we got into the room. I'm just sitting there and, I, and I'm shivering and the doctor walks in and he goes, hey, Zane, what's going on? And he, and he started asking my parents and I'm just with any breath that I had, I was like, am I going to be okay? Am I going to be okay? Because I, I was only worried about making it out alive. That, that was the only metric for success from this reaction was leaving the hospital in one piece. And he looked at me and he was like, okay, we need to get doctors in here. We need to get him medication. They injected me with epinephrine. I got the IV and everything else you know, allowed me to be okay after that. But that was the worst moment, I think, within my life for for several reasons. And I would say number one was just seeing the look on my sister's face when she was staring at me while I was getting the IV injection. And this was an emergency room. So there were people that might've been in car accidents or might've had other traumatic injuries. And to just see this 13-year-old look around and see the things that she saw, I was like, this is not only terrible for you because you're going through this, but think about these images that are going to be in your sister's life for the rest of it. But it was the feeling of having no voice that really, really stuck with me. The ability, and then just a moment where I, I could not ask the doctor any more questions because I had to preserve all of the breathing to make sure that I could continue just I guess, living in essence, I couldn't breathe out of my nose. Everything was closed up because the reaction had taken out parts of my nervous system. And so I was just going, just continuing to try to get any breath that I had. And that was the focal thing was that I wasn't able to communicate my thoughts, my emotions, nothing was communicated. And my body language was, I think, abysmal because I was shaking. I was looking at the clock. I was thinking about how much time it was from the time that I'd eaten the bar to the time that I was finished. and. I think that moment initiated a couple of things, obviously my sister, but there were a couple of things that I, I wanted to change based off that. And number one was I had to solve the problem of allergies and that was at least advocating for it. I, I didn't think that I could solve something within a year time period or even two years because allergies are a huge problem. But I thought, what can I do that is going to help people solve the problem of allergies? And that was a launch pad for a venture called La Nourature, which allowed customized meals for people. And that was okay use this moment to inspire others. But the second thing, which is my favorite, and obviously you know about it, is Foundations Podcast. And it was other people that might not have a voice or, or they do have a voice. I want you to come on and tell me about your stories, your struggles, the, the learnings, so other people can begin listening as well. And I think it also showed me what it meant to have a community of people around you, the doctors, my parents, my sister, the people that were in California, the hotel staff who told us how to get to the nearest hospital. All of these people were the X factors within this entire scenario. Without them, without even one of them, I don't know where I would be today. And so I think that is the most important lesson that I learned is that the people that you have around you are the most important thing. And you always hear like net worth equals net worth. And I think that is absolutely true because I would not exchange any amount of money for the amount of people that I'm fortunate to, to have around me. And so yeah, that's just a couple, a couple, a couple takeaways away from the moment. But I hope that the lessons that I learn at least inspire other people to take a look at some difficult moments and see how they can pull out the the positives within those as well. Oh my gosh, Zane, I just got full body chills listening to your story. I mean, 
thank you for retelling it. I feel like that probably wasn't easy to relive it in that moment, but wow, the moment, that feeling of physically not having a voice must have been terrifying. And I know that so much of the work that both of us are doing surrounds giving people a voice. And I think it's so incredible to hear how you channeled that incredibly difficult moment into giving voices to other people. And so I guess seeing the forest from the trees now, first of all, I feel like a big takeaway from everything you just shared is beware the granola bar, but that's another story. But just really figuring out how we can take these moments that were sent to challenge us and hopefully create something really meaningful out of it. So Zane, thank you for sharing that with us. And I'd be curious to know, thinking back on that moment and your journey up to this point, how did that life-threatening situation really inform where you are now? I know that you have a ginormous mission in life to positively impact one billion people. I know we talked about that on your podcast. So tell us about what happened between then and now, and how does that connect to your purpose after you found your voice? That's a really, really good question. And I think being the unicorn person, being able to impact a billion people is the most important thing. And that's my intention when I I wake up every day, right? Is how do I get one step closer to doing that? And I think this event allowed me to see the world through other people's eyes, other people that might have worse reactions than me, worse allergies, worse scenarios. I mean, you know, right now working with with organizations in in Senegal and, and trying to see what I can do there. And it's just absolutely incredible to see how fortunate we are in comparison to other people that might have worse scenarios. And so I think number one, it allowed me to just be continuously grateful. And people talk about gratitude journals all the time. And I think for me, I didn't really see the value in it early on until I experienced this. And I began to think like, no, this is the most important thing is to be grateful for your circumstances, the people around you. And that was my first learning was just understanding that and being grateful allowed me to then foster different ways that I could impact those billion people. So if I had X thing, how could I give someone else X thing? So it was this constant cycle of producing and reproducing for people, which I really, really loved. And then I think the second thing that I learned a lot was just tapping into the mission of TC here. It was that difficult conversations can lead to incredible results. And those results can come in different forms, but it's important for you, or it's important for me to be extremely intentional about what I'm attempting to get out of it. And I think the most disputed aspect of my reaction was the succeeding events. So my mom, incredible, incredible woman, knew the mental trauma that came with that event. And she witnessed me timidly eat food for several weeks after the reaction. I like to just describe it as I would walk into the pantry and the labels would would taunt me, right? And they were like, oh, you can't eat this food or you can't eat this food. And I, I was so afraid of the potential results of one small bite that I didn't want to eat anything else. And she was really adamant about ensuring that I found a therapist or someone that could mentally repair myself. But I didn't like that idea. I didn't want to go see a therapist. And that was just a huge opinion that I had. I don't want to to tell someone the story or discuss the event. And as I continued researching, because it, I think it was extremely, extremely imperative that I did find some outlet for this, whatever that outlet may be. And as I continued researching, I discovered self-therapy. And I started to engage in just weekly sessions where I, w- I write everything down, my emotions, my feelings, the mental images, everything that I could recollect from that day, July 31st, 2019. And all of that was just put onto a piece of paper. 
And after I was done writing, I had to take the sheet of paper, crumple it up into a ball, and then throw it into the trash can. And there was this huge symbolism effect of being able to take this and just throw away my emotions, my feelings, any of the mental trauma that continued to stick with me through that moment. And then after doing these sessions consistently for two weeks, I felt myself getting better. And I started thinking, okay, what if I transition the self-therapy process into a daily reflection or a daily update or a, just, just a daily check-in that I do with myself? Because I, I learned what the power of being in tune with your inner self is. And I think this reaction allowed me to do that. And tapping back into your earlier question about impacting a billion people, it's important that everyone that I talk to at least hopefully gets inspired by the self-awareness that I embody now. And I, I love to tell people to just do daily updates with yourself. And it's, I, I think at the beginning, it's a bit cheesy to ask yourself, oh, how am I doing today? Or what did I like about today? Or what struggles did I face today? But when I began to ask those questions to myself, it was incredibly, incredibly beneficial because I had the chance to unlock what my subconscious was feeling. And the thoughts that I, I didn't even think about or were real, those started to unlock when I would write things down on paper or pull up a handy Notion document and just start typing away. And that self-therapy and daily reflections can just alter the entire way that I live my life because I can go back and take a look at June 14th or January 21st, any date in my notebook and, and Notion doc and see what I was thinking, my emotional maturity my behavior, my mental makeup, everything that went and just transpired on that day. And that launched my new way of living, which is just very, very retrospectively understanding how I got here. So there are consistent reminders of where I am today. That was a big learning for me and taps into the gratitude that I mentioned earlier. But it's also just being able to understand things that have worked for me in the past and how I can take those lessons to inspire others. And a lot of my conversations, I always like to reference things that I've done in the past because it's like, that's my journal. That's what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. And I want to make sure that I'm impacting you through the lessons that I've learned, any failures that I've just gone through and, and just helping you overall. Zane, you're amazing. I love that you've done that self-discovery, self-therapy process. I think so much of what I've learned over the past few years is the importance of even starting conversations with yourself and how important those moments are. So it's amazing that that was a huge part of your journey. And I've got to check out self-therapy. I hadn't heard of it, but again, just a reminder to anyone who's looking for some form of self-care or mental health help that it's not one size fits all. And there can be so many different options and methods. And I loved learning about that. Hey, my name is Zaire and I approve this hot take. We all know what that sound means, Zane. It is time for another TC Hot Take. And for those of you who are listening, who are new to The Conversationalist, we have a whole room within our community on Geneva dedicated to hot takes, which are controversial thoughts, opinions, icebreakers, or questions that allow us to dive deeper, perhaps around someone's controversial opinion. So today's hot take is brought to us by Zaire Turner, one of our favorite community members. And Zaire's hot take is this. I don't necessarily think that echo chambers are bad unless people aren't allowed to disagree. Zane, where do you stand? Ooh, this is a good one. I think that's an extremely interesting hot take. And I would I would agree somewhat. I, I think it's it's important to obviously take into account both sides, but I, I think everyone should, or at least I strive 
to ensure that I am breaking open my echo chamber whenever I have the chance to, because I always love having a new perspective and having someone challenge my ideas and say, no, Zane, I think about it this way, or maybe you should alter your perspective. So I definitely agree with that somewhat, but I think everyone should also be open to just the ability to listen intentionally and suspend judgment during those conversations. I love it. I knew you would be the perfect person for this hot take because (laughs) you have that like meta ability to kind of dissect that question, but I definitely agree and disagree at the same time, right? I think it's important to surround yourself with people who uplift you and that you're comfortable being around, which could in theory be an echo chamber, right? If it's a community or family members or people that you've been brought up with. But I also agree that at the end of the day, if we're in echo chambers in which we're not allowed to disagree, then that's unhealthy. And I think that's the line to be drawn. So I don't know. I straddle both sides. I loved hearing your thoughts. And today's hot take was certainly a spicy one. So if you want to be considered for a future hot take segment, just make sure you're in our community. We're there 24-7 on the Geneva app talking about anything and everything that matters to Gen Z. So if you're not in the community, just text the word UNIFY to 877-222-1119 or visit our website, theconversationalist.com, or even just click the link in our bio on Instagram at theconversationalist. So Zane, I have loved learning more about your journey today. I don't think I understood the extent to which that experience impacted the amazing change maker you are today. So as we head over now to our advice segment, I would love to know what advice you have for other young people who are out there who are trying to make a positive impact on the world but might not know where to start. Yes, yes. I have three key things that I wanted to to talk about today. And so number one, I think, is just to, to think unconventionally and search for an answer that is extremely different from the rest of the world. So I was presenting this past Sunday in a social media conference webinar that I was doing with a couple college students. And there was someone that brought up the point of, oh, I love product management. I want to be a project manager in the future, but I'm not currently doing anything within product or project management. And I said, I want you to think about your life, right? Your life right now is a product. That is something that you manage. So why not just start writing about that? Take things that are already in your life that may seem so, so weird and so unconventional or unorthodox and find a way to integrate that into your own life and your own thinking. When you continue to train your mind to think this way, it becomes extremely habitual. And I think unconventional, that mindset is what yields success. Just taking something as simple as that. And Sophie knows that I watch a lot of Curious George. And so I'll just go through these curiosity sprints and I'll make sure that what I'm watching actually can be integrated into my life. I was watching something where he was building a lemonade stand. And during this lemonade stand, he was searching for so many different places to place it. And then he saw in the newspaper that there was a construction leak and people at the construction site didn't have any drinks. And it was an extremely hot day. And he goes, there's a need. I've identified it. Now let me go and make some money at the lemonade stand. And I'm going, this is exactly what business is about. (laughs) This is identifying a need and going to solve it. And that wouldn't have happened if I didn't think so unconventionally to go and take a look at it. What I was doing before was just, okay, YouTube, how does business work? Whereas in Curious George, there's a really great use case there. So I would say that's one piece. And then the second, I've talked about this so, so much, uh, but this is just setting intentions. And I think one thing that I try to do, just going back to the social media part that I was talking about earlier, is just how I use each channel and how I can be most productive. So I I used to scroll through Instagram a lot. Now I do it like uh, on occasion, but it's really important to understand why 
I am scrolling through it? Is it just to get updates about people's lives? And am I searching for something? What am I seeking out of this experience? And after I began to define that, I found that, you know, it's important for me to stay updated with Sophie and her life, with TC, with other organizations that I'm a part of, and they're all leveraging social media to promote their brand. And if I'm not up to date with what they're doing on social channels, then I think it's it's a bit detrimental to me. And so that was my intention, was going on social channels to stay updated with brands and businesses. And that's one example. I know I mentioned on a greater scale, I always define my intentions for my life. And so I have this five-minute daily journal on Notion that I go through every morning, and it's what I'm grateful for, what would make today great, what are our affirmations, but also I make it a point to continue to reaffirm myself why I wake up every single morning and what I'm on a mission to do. And intentions are key for me. They've been a life changer. And I, I remember the first time that we talked, Sophie, and then even after it, seeing Andy, seeing Dasanka, and seeing you, there is an intention behind everything you guys are doing. And it's incredible to see because I find that so comforting to be around when people know the why behind every single action that they do. So I think that's one thing that TC does great. And then the last thing I would say is actively practice anti-fragility. And this was something that I didn't know what this meant. I was so confused the first time I heard of it. I was like, what does anti-fragility mean? (laughs) This is a mindset that I've trained where I just embrace failure. And I think embracing failure is so important because it's the prerequisite to success. In order to gain success, I have to fail. I have to iterate. I have to execute again. And it's this consistent cycle that I've learned that works, especially when it's accompanied by consistency. So continue to fail, continue to iterate, continue to execute. As long as I stay consistent with that cycle, I'm always going to gain results. And my focal metric in life is growth. All I focus on is growth. Growth against myself yesterday, against myself last week, against myself last month, and through failure and this focus on growth, I could see my goals come to fruition. And I think it's incredible what the power of anti-fragility does because it allows me to think in this totally different mental makeup and changes the way that I view life alongside the intentions and deliberacy as well as the unconventional thinking. Zane, I love your growth mindset. That's what it's all about. And I hope that one day these five-minute notion journal entries will transform into a novel and a book about your life once you have impacted those 1 billion people. And I have no doubt you're going to get there. So Zane, I know I mentioned potentially putting that into a book one day, but I know you're currently working on a book and so many other exciting projects. So as we head over to our self-promo segment, Zane, tell us what are you currently working on? What projects should we be in the know about? How can we connect with you and follow you and stay in touch? Sophie, before I get into the self-promo, I just want to thank you so, so much for the opportunity to talk to you, to continue to be guided by you, the core team, everything at TC. When I got the email to be on the podcast, I was ecstatic because I had one more chance to talk to you and one more chance to be even more immersed within the conversations community. So super, super grateful. And you've heard me say it so many times. I don't think it'll it'll ever get old to see the same smile on your face, but really, really, really appreciate it. I absolutely love the TC mission. And you can find me on Instagram at Zane Patel. And I also have a newsletter that releases every month that's filled with some information about my current projects, personal development tips, and even events that my audience can get involved in. And that can be found at zane.substack.com. So those are my, my two ways of, of connecting with me. But when you, if you do end up being a subscriber, I'll have access to your email and would love to I'd love to chat there as well. I am currently workshopping a project called studio.tech, which is going to amplify 
Gen Z voices through podcasts. Okay. My new goal with that company is just to create podcasters and take all of the amazing voices within the TC community and also within Gen Z and turn those into a podcast. So we'll definitely be talking a lot about that within the next couple of weeks and within the newsletter as well. And then also writing a book alongside Georgetown University. And that is about gamifying education and changing the way that we associate grades with self-worth. What other ways can we improve confidence within the classroom, maximize human potential, and leverage intellectual horsepower to change the way that we we solve problems. You are such a rock star. Zane, no conversationalist conversation would be complete without some snaps. So Zane, I have to give you some major snaps today for A, being who you are, everything you just said about me, I feel the same way back towards you and beyond. You are changing the ways in which we think about social impact and how we can really change the lives of others. So thank you for being who you are. And also, I think a theme that was really present throughout our conversation was gratitude. You shared something earlier on about even in going through the darkest moments in your life, you were somehow able to think about how you could channel the gratitude that you felt for others back into the world. And that carries through in you know the journaling you do every day and the ways in which you show up every day in the conversationalist community. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for all that you do. I feel so grateful to know you and I can't wait to keep watching your journey. So thank you so much for being here. I've got to say this is probably the runner up to my favorite conversation to date, first being on your podcast. And Zane, I just can't wait to keep watching you grow. Likewise, likewise, Sophie. Thank you so, so much again. Really, really appreciate it. Well, that was an amazing conversation. Zane is without a doubt on a mission to impact 1 billion lives, and he is well on his way. So make sure you give him a follow and learn more about him in the show notes where you can subscribe to his podcast and read more about his work. Today's episode helped to break open my echo chamber in reflecting more on how Zane measures his life in the people he meets. I hadn't thought about this before, and I want to start applying this thinking to my life from here on out. So thank you again to Zane for leading by example. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please subscribe to the Conversationalist podcast wherever you're listening right now. And if you want to meet incredible people like today's guest, come join us in the Conversationalist community on the Geneva app. We're there 24-7 to talk about anything on your mind that matters to you. Just click the link in the show notes below or click our link in bio on Instagram at The Conversationalist and check out our website, theconversationalist.com. If you want to join right here, right now, just take out your phone and text the word UNIFY to 877-222-1119 and we'll see you there. You may have been wondering what our segments mean and where they come from, like Break the Ice, Hot Takes, Let's Talk, and Snaps. So come to our community to find out and see for yourself. I'm Sophie Barron. We'll see you next time on the Conversationalist Podcast, where we amplify and unify together. The Conversationalist Podcast is a production of The Conversationalist, LLC. No part of this program can be reproduced or published without written permission from the producer. The views expressed on this podcast are not the views of The Conversationalist, its partners, team members, or affiliates. Copyright 2021, The Conversationalist.